0: Welcome back to another earth-shattering edition of the Stefan and Friends podcast. It is Stefan. Once again, no friends, but we're working on that. Got a list. Got some people. Hopefully, we'll get a couple people coming up in a few episodes. Thanks for all of the feedback from the first episode. Really appreciate hearing from people. Really appreciate the love, the pushback, the hate. Love it all. I know the haters are listening to this one, too. Hi, haters. How are you? Love that you're joining us too in this uh, grand experiment. Um, Yeah, so really enjoyed that hearing from, from a lot of people across the nation. Uh, so I don't know, I guess I guess there's a little bit of a, I guess people have a little bit of time to hear my voice. <laughs> uh, so that's really cool. Last week just really started with the Genesis, the call, right? The call to ministry and sort of highlighting just somehow I feel about you know, ministry and potentially one day maybe my daughter going into ministry and then boy oh boy the nepotism that would be just oh that'd be funny if it happened to me and Aaliyah or who knows what the Lord has in store for three, four, five more kids. Five is definitely the pipe dream. Anyway, uh but yeah, you know, really enjoy I, I actually enjoy talking about the game. And if you want to know what the game is uh, let's go back and listen to episode one. Love talking about the game. The game is actually really f- fun and I, I like hearing from other people. Love hearing what, what's happening and what God's doing. And yeah, so that's cool. So I always invite uh anybody to just chat. Last week looked like I said, looked at the call. This week I want to look at something a little bit uh within that same vein. I'm gonna call this episode Mind the Gap. Here's why I call that Mind the Gap. You know, whenever you go to a subway station anywhere Really in the world, there's always this little gap between the platform and the subway train, right? Like there's this like, like an inch, just a small gap. And there's always these signs, the same mind, the gap. Watch the, the that little space because that little space can cause problems getting on the train, getting off the train. And I think that we have a bit of a gap in in leadership. I don't mean like the pipeline, that's a different conversation or maybe it's part of this conversation. But I think that we have a gap with regards to the generations in leadership nowadays. You look at, you know, your typical staffs, you'll, you'll have three, four people maybe if you're, you know, in a church that is able to have more than two people on staff. And usually you'll have a lead pastor. You'll probably have someone else, kids pastor, youth pastor. And there's going to be a gap in the generations and here's what i mean by that we're we're living in a time with most generations alive at once like right now we've got the silent generation we've got the baby boom, the baby boomers we've got gen x we've got millennials we've got gen z and we've got the alpha generation is it alpha generation generation alpha something like that that's what like my kid is right 2 year olds, three-year-olds they're the first uh generation to be born entirely in the 21st century or something like that. I don't know. I did a little, I'd had my crack research staff sort of look these things up. And so we're living in this era where, you know, we've got three, maybe four sets of generations in leadership. We've got a lot of people, a lot of different brought up see in leadership brought up i um, I'm thinking it really easy. I'm saying it in a way that's easy for people to understand. Uh, but upsy uh, um is really just how people were raised and what they were raised in. And so there's different things that have happened in each generation's, you know, existence that sort of forms their their worldview. Silent generation obviously have, between nineteen twenty eight and nineteen forty-five, they the Great Depression, World War II, like that sort of stuff you had the baby boomers who who came out of that and were you know the kids of 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 the silent generation people or the greatest generation the generation that preceded the silent generation they they lived through a lot of stuff and uh, you know cultural revolutions and things like that and so you you have that generation in leadership as well you have generation x which is generally the generation that we you know don't really pay attention to um no offense, um but you know they were the generation that you know m t v the grunge scene, things like that, then we've got millennials, which is the best generation of all time, just kidding, um, but you know millennials, we know millennials, we've got gen Z, they were you know born in the mid to late nineties and early 2010s and so that generation then we have generation alpha as i mentioned earlier and so we're living at this time where we have one two three four five you know six generations alive and then when it comes to church we have you know four of those generations in leadership and it's really hard because i've seen it and i've experienced it i've watched it for for generations to sort of to sort of talk connect with each other and I think that that leads to a few problems. I think that leads to some issues. And, and so we have to mind the gap as leaders. We have to mind the gap. We have to be paying attention to it. A lot of people like to ignore it. But I think it's better to pay attention to the gap and navigate the gap. In order to successfully get on the train or get off the train, right? And going back to the subway analogy. So what are some gaps? What are some gaps? Well, I think that there is a, a tendency for some of our senior leaders, you know, that boomer Gen X sort of range to to compare what they've grown up in, what they went through as compared to what millennials and what, you know, Gen Z have gone through in ministry. It's a little bit different. The times are different, right? Back in the day, and I'll touch on this one in a minute, but back in the day, things were a lot simpler, in terms of, you know, ministry. We lived in a pretty much Christian society. And so the adoption rate of people, you know, coming to church and respecting the church, very easy, because everybody was still in that era where, you know, everybody's saying, God save the queen. The church was looked at as an institution to be respected. The The church was looked at um. For, for actual moral guidance. You didn't have people picketing the church, right? The church was a very uh, high-regarded institution. Contrast that to today. Imagine, you know, if someone 40, 50 years ago, right, were told this is what the church would be today, they would laugh because they would never be able to see it. But today the church, you know, isn't held up, Is such high regard i don't just mean pentecostal churches i mean the church the institution of the church you think about you know the 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 digging up of mass graves and that's attributed to the catholic church you think of you know protesting people's funerals and protesting all sorts of different things and you know we look at i'm not not going to talk about this one right now, but we look at the last American election and, you know, the angels that were protecting Donald Trump and, you know, just so many, so many different things, right? Like, and so the church is not held in high as high regard as it used to be. And so I don't know if a lot of, you know, senior leaders of that era understand that there is a difference in how the church is viewed. Okay, I don't know it's probably not the right term, phraseology. I think they do know they just it's hard for them to grasp because what they went through is different than what I we go through today, right? Am I still in that in that in that range where I'm like, hey, things are different. You know, if you walked down the street fifty years ago and said, Hey, I'm a pastor, there was an automatic reverence and respect given to you. You do that now, you might get laughed at. Right? So it's different, and so that's a part of the gap. It's, things, are, things are a bit easier 50 years ago, and so when we look at how you know people are going to Bible college, we look at what they're going through, the rise in, in mental health, and not even the rise in mental health, the rise in paying attention to mental health. It's different. Times are different. Times change. Things move on. Things move forward. Societies, I don't want to use evolve, but societies change and you know culture shifts. And so that gap needs to be, that's a part of the gap that needs to be minded. How do we do that? Well, it's sort of coming to an understanding and it's coming to an understanding on both fronts because I can, I can, you can listen to me rip on, you know, boomers, silent people, Gen X, and you, I mean, we could all take great pleasure in that and I have, I can do that, but I don't think that's productive. It's a combination. It's the, the Gen X leader, the boomer leader, the, if there are silent generation leaders still in churches God bless you for your service. Uh, But it takes just, you know, it takes those people to look at things from the perspective of the the, the millennial, the Gen Z leader. But at the same time, the Gen Z leader, the millennial leader has to try and understand, you know, what it was like in those times. You have to. And when you do that, then things can become better. That's 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 minding the gap. That's understanding. Hey, you know what? I get why you've come up with this idea. Here's my thoughts on this idea. How do we work to make it better? And I've experienced that. Uh, that you know, at times that that is how things are. Uh, that is what makes healthy and productive uh, meetings and times where you're like, hey we're actually working together on this and we've come to some sort of harmonious understanding. We see it differently. And for the sake of the gospel, we see it differently, but we've agreed on a, on a, on a mutual agreed path of going forward, a little bit of old school approach, a little bit of new school approach, right? Like that, that's important. I think another thing, uh, and I allude to this a bit, a bit ago is Remuneration pay oh boy standards the employment standards it, it is you know as i sit here and i look at like houses and the price of housing we have not the okay here's a little bit of my frustration slight anger whatever you want to call it the church is always the last to a party always doesn't matter what it is. Music, right? The church is always last to like the, the music styles. It's just what, what it is. The church is still last to the party of how do we pay our employees? We have a lot of pushback. Not a lot. We have a lot of people who are like, why do we need to have HR? Why do we need to have standards? Right? Like, let's be honest. And as I probably have alluded to it multiple times on different arenas, different avenues. Church sucks at human resources. Just does, right? Like, and I'm only talking from one perspective, which is as a credential holder in the dominant Pentecostal fellowship in this country, in Canada, the PAOC stories that I've heard, just how people are treated. And, you know, some things I've experienced. And to be honest, I haven't heard all the stories, I haven't experienced all the things. I'm just, you know, I only have one negative to me is that I'm a black man. I'm not a female. And I say negative because, you know, let's, you know, let's be real. Let's, you know, I don't have to say it, but let's be real. Right. And so we, we need to do a better job of how do we employ standards? How do we pay our people to a point where they feel comfortable and they're able to live. It was easy when houses were affordable, especially in the greater Toronto area, right? Like it was easy back in the day when things were affordable. Yeah, of course you had to save. Yeah, you couldn't eat steak every night. Like, you know, that's, you know, yeah, you couldn't have avocado toast every day, right? But look at, look at our inflation rate. Look at things going on in the world. If you're not gonna, pay, if we're not gonna pay people, I think that's a gap, and it makes it even worse when senior leaders are making three, four times, five times, six times the amount that, you know, youth or kids pastors making. Not that the responsibilities right match up. I'm not saying that they should be equal pay. Obviously, that is a little ridiculous. Uh, but you know we need to do, we need to find a way one to pay people better, but also at the same time, we need to find a way uh, to have just standards like human resources. Like how do we, how do we treat our employees? Because as much as people don't want to think about it, the church, church employs people. So the standard of employment is there. There's no there's no bypass for churches because, you know, we do the Lord's work. And the thing that I think frustrates me or ticks me off the most is that we in the church and I say we because I'm a part of it. I say we because I'm a leader. I say we because I'm in these conversations at times. We always want to do the least in this area when we should be doing the most. We should be the ones leading the charge on a lot of these conversations and we're not we're not and we need to do a better job and i think that that is a part of the gap because we don't do these things we don't provide these you know structures in place and so when someone has a problem we haven't given them the tools we haven't put in place the ways the mechanisms to do these things we how does how does a young leader approach for a raise what tools does he have for that like i you know does does a senior leader recognize that, and does a senior leader go to the board? Because ultimately, in our churches, the board is really the people that sort of are responsible for that stuff. But at the same time, the senior leader does the senior leader go on behalf of their 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 youth, young adult, kid pastor, and say, "Listen, we need to we need to bump this person's pay up. We need to bump this person's benefits up. We want to take care of them." You know, the, the responsibility of the church is to take care of people. The only people the church doesn't always take care of is the pastors. Isn't that wild? It's kinda crazy. Um, I I shudder to think of what like what could happen if we don't just have basic standards. Forget forget trying to go above and beyond. What like I shudder to think of what could happen if we don't have basic standards for, you know, the next generation generation alpha what happens we see sort of like you know the shift in in how work is done you know we're talking um here in toronto just a few days after uh, there was a strike at the federal level of the passport workers and different people and one of the major sticking points was remote work why do, why do I need to be in the office every day if everything can be done online? I think that that's coming to churches very soon if it hasn't already. COVID sort of exposed that, hey, maybe I don't need to be in the office five, four days a week. Can I go work at a Starbucks? And so how do we respond to that as the church? And do we have that in place? Is that in our employment agreements, right? Like these these are things that we don't, I don't know. Maybe we are talking about it. Maybe there are churches that are talking about these things. And But I think it needs to be a bigger conversation because we need to start looking at this because this is a part of the gap. At some point in time, people aren't going to want to come into the office every day. We, we, we've had some marathon staff meetings, literally. And I was like, listen, I could have done this from my couch because there's no need for me to be sitting here for three, three and a half hours. And so we're going to, I think we're coming to a place if we haven't already where that's going to be a thing. Um. So there is that HR, there's pay. And then there's there's this basic thing of just like relationship and mentoring. I think that's a huge thing because as a younger leader and... As an aside, can I still call myself a younger leader? I'm 33, been in the game for about 13, 14 years. Am I am I still a younger leader? Can someone respond to me and just let me know if I'm still a younger a young leader? Like, do I still qualify? I'm I'm still wondering like what is the what is the um what's the cutoff from being being a younger leader? Anyway, uh, <clears throat> but like that idea of mentorship and men- and and mentoring and. We don't, while there is no like, and I don't know, like different districts might have different things. So I don't want to, I don't want to be out here making brash proclamations and then be totally wrong. I'm willing to be a little bit wrong, but not totally wrong. But anyway, like in, in our churches, what are we, how are we mentoring? How are we, how are we, you know, how are we sharing and, and working together? Um, Not just like at work but like how are we growing together how is there is there an intentional pouring in uh into younger leaders i think that's important because guess what a lot of things you never learn you don't learn in bible college you just won't and i remember um spending time with with one of our more older members fellowship credential holders sorry and just learning from him because I recognized that I wasn't going to get that where I was, and so, and, and maybe it's me, maybe it's other millennials. I'm only gonna speak for myself. I'm one of those people like I look for that, and if you can't provide it, I'm gonna go find it. But I don't know how many other people are like that, and so there. I feel like we need to think about that. I you one of the things that um, sort of stuck out to me in preparing for this. Uh, was uh in our listen if you don't read the the uh pentecostal testimony if you're a credential holder and you're not reading it you need to get to reading that there's some good articles in there but jeff hillier had a really good article about growing the leadership pipeline and some of the things that he he shared in that article i'm not giving away the article because i want you to go read it um right like are like a part of it we have we often Miss just some of these basic things, and I love that article because you know, generations change, and as the generations change, you know what else changes? We as leaders have to change, and I think in about 20 years, if I'm still in the game, in 20 years, I'm going to be forced to reckon with like the generation alpha and the whatever generation is after that. If we want to make disciples, we need to be listening in on some of these conversations. We need to be willing to develop the the leaders, as Jeff puts it in the article, develop the leaders of, of tomorrow and hearing from them even today. And I think that comes out of a healthy mentoring relationship, a healthy... Uh, Just having that and hearing and not like sitting and just talking. But sitting and hearing. I think that's crucial to minding the gap. I'm actually very grateful for our general superintendent, David Wells, who allows me to sometimes angrily vent. (laughs) Um, Because it feels like he actually hears me and it's like he's listening to what I'm saying. And so I so appreciate that. And so appreciate being able to sit at the table where I can do that. And, and I think that's important. I think that as we grow or as we want to grow, as we desire to grow, we're going to need to do that. And it's not even going to just be generationally. It's going to be, you know, racial racially, right? Like we're, we're seeing a lot of people moving to our country and how do we reach people? who are from a different country. We've got to hear from people, know what they're thinking, know their thoughts, understand them, and mind that gap. But as leaders, we do need to mind this gap. And I think it's an important conversation. And, you know, I might not have espoused it as well as other people might, but I'm glad to see that there are conversations afoot. I'm glad to see that there are people who see that and uh, recognize that things need to change. You know, in my conversations, in my travels, I'm lying, I don't really travel. But in my conversations, like, you know, with other, with other leaders, especially leaders my age, I recognize that there's like this really weird dynamic between different generations. There's a lot of like just weird things that makes, makes it un unbearable at times unbearable is probably not the best word but i'm going to use that And it's not the same everywhere but it it's a pattern i've noticed it's really that like i guess it's gen x right like not to say they're the problem because that's not that's not right but i find that a lot of conversations are often between like this struggle between millennials and gen x and so how do we mind that gap how do we solve and improve relationships? I think both sides need to understand the other side. And that's tough. That comes through sitting down. That that comes through conversation. And that comes uh, through just doing life together. Now, it's not always going to be the same, right? Like, I'm not talking like, hey, we're going to have dinner every night. Hey, we're all going to do things together all the time. But I think that there are times once a week, once a month of just sitting down and and conversing and just not only just conversing about ministry, conversing about life, praying together, challenging each other through scripture. I think that helps to mind the gap. You know, when I look back over ministry times, I think that's one of the things that like, that I looked forward to in Bible college. It was just being able to sit and, like I said, I love talking ministry, but listening to people, I love you know my my favorite like my favorite conversations are with some of the pioneers of the game. People who did crazy wild things and were like, yeah, you know we ah, we weren't sure how we were gonna do it, but we just we went to the bank and we asked for fifty thousand anyway, and the bank gave it to us. And by God, I'm like, you're like you had faith to go to the bank and you were in debt and you got it, like. That's the kind of thing I love. I love, I love those conversations. And so looking, I was really looking forward to that as I was, you know, coming out of the Bible college and, you know, just going through it, being in the game and being able to have those conversations. And I think that that's one of the super helpful things, man. We build, we build over food. We bond over food. That's legitimately like how Jesus did it. Jesus was out in people's houses, in their kitchens, sitting at their tables, eating, eating. I mean, Jesus probably would get them lemon pepper wings if you are around today. I think that is something that's needed, and so I think that's hugely important when we talk about minding the gap. And minding the gap is on both sides. I think I think I said that already, but it's it's never on one side. It's on both sides. But I think the burden, the burden to close the gap is on the senior leader. If you're going to hire someone younger, there has to be an overwhelming attempt to hear and understand their perspective. Because guess what? As things have changed, guess, you know what else has changed? Ministry has changed. Perspectives on ministry has changed. Struggles of ministry probably haven't changed, but how we respond to the struggles have. And so let's, um, let's be better. And I think that's a part of it. Just minding that gap. Hope you hear uh, what I'm talking about. Hope you understand it. Comments, questions, emails. Sorry. Comments or questions, feedback. Run me an email. Send me a chat, text, whatever you want. IG, what it is, you know. And let's, let's converse. Hopefully we can continue to have this conversation. Hopefully we can work on solving some of the problems and some of the issues. I want to remind you, check out that article in the Pentecostal Testimony written by Jeff Hillier. Uh, it's a really tremendous article. He shares some insights on what he does and how what things he's seen and how it's working for him. Yeah, just really good. And yeah, thanks for checking uh, episode two out. I.R.P. I appreciate you spending your, you know, half an hour with your boy. And, uh, we'll, uh, I guess we'll do this again next week. What do you think? Same bad time, same bad channel. Peace. All right, we're back again with the OT, the postscript, whatever it is. I don't know. Whatever you want to call it. Um, What did I talk about last week? Oh, last week I talked about uh, the homie Tim Ross. (laughs) Oh boy, that was a lot. Uh, This week, I don't know if you know this about me. And if you don't, I'm going to tell you. Um, But I'm an avid reader. Love reading. I don't do enough of it. But I think it's an important, especially as leaders, we need to be reading so much. Uh, because we need to stay on top of things. I'm reading, um, you know, to be a better preacher. I'm reading to be a better pastor, a better leader, a better husband, a better father. Uh, reading to make sure my theology is straight and trying to do deeper dives and understanding. Um, I'm looking at potentially preaching from the book of Song of Solomon, but I'm not sure how we're going to do that. But always trying to read. And so, and I follow people on on Instagram like if they're reading a book, I'm reading a book, right? Like if they're reading a book, I want to read it because if they're that person is reading it, I know that's going to be a good book. Um, and so from time to time, I'm going to share a book I, I read here in the in the OT. I finished reading a book called uh, Counterfeit Kingdom. Holly Pivik, Douglas Givett talks about you know the this wave that we're seeing right now in churches um, with the new Apostolic Reformation, and I you know. Listen, I am not like the militaristic, you know. Hey, don't sing Bethel songs. Um, but some of the, th- but this book sort of goes through some of the the um, the key tenets of the NAR, the New Apostolic Reformation, and a lot of it comes out of Bethel Church. And you know, there are some things that we as leaders need to be concerned about. There are some things that we as Christians need to be concerned about. Some of the things that we see um happening and and it's hard because we are charismatic people we're evangel evangelicals and we you know we depend on a lot of the holy spirit to do things and never wanting to discount potentially what the holy spirit is doing but some of these um practices and some of these things that we're seeing in different not just bethel but there are other places they can become a problem and we're seeing a lot of it in our in churches today based on the influence from Bethel. I say from Bethel because a lot of the book focuses on Bethel and I don't know if it's right to do that but I guess, you know, you got to have someone like that in your in your narrative to point to. But all in all, I thought it was a really good book. Uh, highlights and reminds me of the importance I was talking to our worship leaders here at our church. Just the importance of the words that we sing in our songs and understanding what we're singing. Because theology is important. And we want to be leading people rightly. I don't even know if that's like the right phrase to use, but we want to lead people properly. We want people to have a right doctrine. And there's a lot of hurt that has come from people i think one of the stories they point out in the book totally sad uh was the wake up olive thing which is totally sad right like lose your child don't know why but leading people on this this grand um you know adventure of she's going to wake up man sad it's heartbreaking because you you want her to wake up Man, no parent should ever have to bury a child. Man, I hate, like, I can't even watch shows where kids die. Like, I can't, right? And so you want this kid to wake up, but at the same time, you're like, hey, as believers, death on this earth isn't the final, right? Like, we we know, we know that there is an eternity with Jesus to come. And so, you know, that's one of the things they point to in that whole movement and that whole idea. And so I would recommend this book. I think it's important to use, not to use, sorry. It's important to read and sort of, you know, read these things and know these things. Now, not everything that in the book is like, hey, you know, take this as the gospel on how we should respond to it. I think everybody's got to make their own choices. And I really don't want to point Bethel as like this terrible organization, John MacArthur might, but I'm not John MacArthur, but I think it's something that's important, and that we should um we should be we should be paying attention to so counterfeit kingdom, if you have a chance, read it, let's talk about that Holly Pivok Douglas give it you know put it in your Amazon cart, use some of your budget to buy it whatever however you want to acquire this book i think it's a good book uh, i'm also reading um i'm in the middle right now and some of you um who follow me on the ig uh some of you some of you've probably seen it post a couple of things from it because i'm still in it because this, this is this book that i'm reading now uh after counterfeit kingdom this book is a slow read because i these are one of those books that you take in and honestly, if I could read it with staff, I, this is a book I would read with staff. It's called Leadership Pain by Samuel R. Chand. and this book, like the first chapter had me just sitting there just like, okay, okay because this is a book that I think you know this this should be a textbook in 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 Bible colleges. Uh, Samuel Chandy writes about the fact that you know in order for us to be better leaders we're going to go through a lot of pain and you learn from the pain. his bottom line is if you're not hurting you're not leading so I'm in the middle of reading that it's a really good book I love it um and so i'll share with you an update when I'm done sort of a review if i you know if I ever get through it because I'm just sitting there just like huh I gotta go back and read that this man this book is really good all right that's a lot of time for overtime, but appreciate you love you we'll talk soon peace out.